This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. It's the week of June 18th, 2020. This is episode 210, and I am your host, Chris Randazzo. Joining me tonight, as always, is Northern Reticulated Chipmunk, Karen Randazzo. Ah, the Hammock District. Promotional VHS tape, Angie Fernot. So long, Stinktown. And flamethrower expert, Evan Goldstein. Bart's lawyer is here. <laughs> it was my pick this week, and I did die. It was my pick this week, and I decided to mumble instead of say what I picked. No, I went with uh, one of my favorite classic episodes of The Simpsons, which we'll get to after the break. But before we go any further, here is your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words, this week's episode, in the subject line, and you can let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Folks, how the heck are we? Yay. Well, I'm a little worried about you and your mini stroke you just had there, but other than that, I'm fine. You're, you're, you're not familiar with the weekly mini stroke that he has on SAG. This something happens every week. There's a flargan, a fleegan. A fleegan flargan. Did you know Chris is one-fourth Swedish? <laughs> after, after what just happened, I'm not surprised. Bork. <laughs> Except the Swedish more, more, more. chef can wear his wedding ring and I cannot. Aww. Did you know that the Swedish chef is like the only Muppet with human hands? Yes. <laughs> Wait, really? Like literally the literally. only Muppet? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of I mean, the things that humans, you see on the, but... the internet. This will blow your mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. the first time I said it, I thought, yes, it did. I, that's weird. Because he tends to be the only one that like has to like hold things in his hands and do things with them. That's true. Including throwing fish and chopping mm-hmm. things, and yeah. Listen, if it well, ain't there's Oscar the boomerang the fish guy who throws lots of fish. So <laughs> oh, I fair. forgot about him. <laughs> oh goodness! What? Well, folks, what's new and exciting in the worlds of Evan, Evan, and Angie Warren and Karen? What are we all watching? What has been keeping us occupied with TV screens that's not video games? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of video games. I was just going to say, None so of us are surprised Chris, by that. Yeah, Chris has nothing to share now. No, <laughs> no I, do have some, I do have some stuff to share this week, although it's not all that exciting new stuff. But, you know, I watched some television. I did stuff. I did things. All and right. Stuff. So, so hon, let's talk about that. Okay. We, I don't know where it came from, but it, I, I came across my... It's a Hulu original. No, I'm, oh, talking, I'm talking about the Quibi show queeby it's called dummy oh my god yeah i don't know how that happened i felt like i stepped into the twilight zone and it was a dark place 
So this, I I gotta get the, I I want to first and foremost get the def the 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 synopsis. No, the is it Quibi? No, I don't know. Is that the? I don't. Short, how are you supposed to pronounce it? The short Q B B I right or Q I B B I Q U I B I. No, Q B B Y is Q B the main character from the Box Boy games. Okay. Q I B B I. <laughs> Q-U-I-B-I. No. Quibi. Q-I-B-B-I. Q-B Twitch? No. Q-B GitHub? No. That's there's not it. No, there's one B. <laughs> Thank Stop. you for listening, folks. I appreciate Flugen, you enjoying... Flugen, Flugen, Flugen. Yeah, I hope you liked Quick our bites, ramblings. Quick bites, big stories. All right. So it's Quibi. That's what I said. Now I this is... Queef. I'm yeah. going to go with Quibi. Or okay. Qu- Quibi, right? Quick bites, Quibi. Sure. This is a show starring um, Anna Kendrick and Donald Logue and Meredith Hagner. Now, Meredith Hagner is a voice in the show. Donald Logue plays Dan Harmon. Yep. And Anna Kendrick plays Cody, Dan Harmon's girlfriend. Two of those people are writers. One of them is a sex doll. Can you figure out which is which? Anna Kendrick. Yes. Could be my sex doll. I didn't say that out loud. This, this, I, this was the, it was eight minute episodes. My understanding, it was supposed to be some sort of feminist thing. And it was just weird. Like this. It is officially pronounced Quibi, by the way. Okay. Go about your business. This, Anna Kendrick's character. Now about your regular schedule programming comes across her boyfriend's sex doll and the sex doll starts talking to her and then they go on an adventure together and they start writing a show pilot and she becomes the sex doll no 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 no. i thought you said she was not your fantasy this is television (laughs) no didn't you just say she was meredith hagner voices the sex doll anna kendrick is a girlfriend and donald Logue is dan Harmon. Like the actual Dan Harmon? He is playing Dan Harmon yeah. because she, Anna Kendrick's character, Cody, is dating Dan Harmon and they're both writers and every time she gets like a job offer or whatnot, they're like, oh, you're Dan Harmon's girlfriend. He's really funny. And she is supposed to be apparently a comedic writer as well, but we got very little of her writing skill set because all of a sudden the story started changing into this... Thelma and Louise-esque adventure between her and this sex doll that is like she's having a breakdown because sex doll is talking to her and only her and she knows she's having a a breakdown of sorts but it's helping her I don't know find her (laughs) inner voice it was weird and I don't understand at all how it was a a, a pro-feminist story why do you think it was a feminist because story? Because that was within the first tagline that I saw somewhere. On IMDb, plot keywords are writer, sex doll, feminist sex doll. The official storyline is an aspiring writer befriends her boyfriend's sex doll, and the two take on the world together. Yes. Ten episodes, eight minutes apiece. I, it was... It was weird. I... That... <laughs> Yeah, Angie, what have you been watching? <laughs> she well, sat there I beside watched me it and watched with me. him. And I'll be honest with you, like the whole, I, I can understand some of the aspects of feminism that were in the show because one of the things that I really liked was the fact that 
she Anna Kendrick's character Cody seems to be almost codependent and and constantly checking her phone did he get my message what's Dan doing I should check in with him first she's just I think a big part of this story is that she's a woman who's lacking confidence and this sex doll is a manifestation of like her inner confidence and the part of her that gives zero shits and doesn't apologize for anything but with that being said the the doll does and says things that are counter to that sometimes yeah some of the stuff that that happens is yeah but you know the mind is complex i just think that like for me when i was watching it i didn't i personally and maybe i'm ignorant but i didn't look at it and feel like yes this is a great piece of feminist work i looked at it and i was like this is cool it's really fucking weird but it's cool and i feel like there is a takeaway for anyone who watches this especially i do think that women may connect a little more to it but i don't know i thought it was i thought it was just fun it was interesting and it was fucking weird i can't i cannot emphasize enough how weird this show was there were times where it made me very uncomfortable to watch but i could not look away and we couldn't stop we We watched watched it all in one sitting yeah (laughs) so yeah but yeah, outside of that, um, I watched all of this new season of Queer Eye. <gasps> me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like mainlined it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it give me more. I need more. I just need to do another hit. Give me more. That's exactly One how I felt. One more yep. episode. That Could is. not stop myself. I was so disappointed when it like, you know how once you get through it on Netflix, it starts over at the beginning of the first season. I'm like, no, you traitor. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> In my case, it, it, I was watching a lot of it on my computer mm. and but I watched one in the middle of it on my TV. So when I finished watching the season on my computer, it was like, "Hey, it went back to the beginning of the episode that I watched on my TV." And it was like, "You missed this one." I'm like, "I didn't." <laughs> and computer, you got really excited. Settle like, down. Oh, I didn't miss that one. <laughs> There's another one? Oh shit, no. I saw that one. So yeah, that's that's been I think for me it just feels really good to watch something like that that reminds me of a lot of the good that people can do in this world and I, I feel as though because of a lot of the things that are happening right now it was kind of just great timing to see the way that they help some of the people and and you know they're in Philly and they go into like some of the shittier areas of Philly and I'm like yes this is awesome um and I just love like their kindness and acceptance and I understand it's a TV show. I'm sure that there are parts of them that are behind the scenes total douche whatever because nobody's perfect, but the the image that they portray is love, acceptance and sympathy, empathy, caring for others and community. So like all of these different aspects that they promote on the show, those are all things that I personally value in my own life. So being able to like watch that be celebrated in television when we've had to deal with things like fucking tiger king um (laughs) it's really refreshing (laughs) it is i mean i haven't watched much of this show uh but it is good to know that there is tv out there that is popular that people seem to like that is about nice people doing nice things for people positivity yes yeah positivity a little (laughs) bit of positivity goes a long way not nearly enough of that in the world so that has been huge for me, and um, I'm starting to look for that more in the television I watch. Although I'm still on my New Girl rewatch slash actual just follow through because I never watched the whole show the first time I started it. Um, and like, 
there's a lot of really great elements of that show, but man, sometimes they are not good people. <laughs> and they are just such a mess. Like, oh man, it makes me look at my life and go, it could be worse. <laughs> so, it makes you feel better about your life in a different way than Queer Eye makes you feel better yes. about your life. Yes. <laughs> because I have it pretty good. Like, I'm very spoiled by Evan, but like, there are times where, you know, you kind of question your ability to adult properly. And then you watch that show and you're like, no, it's, I'm good. <laughs> I got this on lock. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, what was the name of that cartoon that we started watching? The the Hulu one? Yeah. Um, so Crossing Swords? Crossing Swords. Yeah, Ooh. we started. Have you guys seen that at all? I'm nope. unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... The uh, opposite of what I was just talking about. <laughs> an adult animated... It's like stop motion. It's like, it mimics yeah. stop motion. Yeah. And immensely vulgar. Um really violent uh in my opinion really funny yes <laughs> like both angela and i have sat there and watched it and laughed out loud um but it's got like the the voice actors are like every all the voice act cast you'll you sort of recognize like uh nicholas holt luke evans adam Pauly, seth green tony hale like and they all look like like there was that. Oh, what? There was a, was a toy series that everybody was. They were sort of like Lego people, but they sort of looked. All everything was cylindrical, and those like are the little people. It, it's it's not. It's they're all. I'm looking at a picture figures. right now. It looks more like a like Herbie the Misfit Elf. Yes. Although yes. I see what you mean by their bodies are. It's, they have yeah, no arms. Like mega but blocks. They, they, they carry things. Like yeah, and it's it's really really funny. Definitely, definitely not for children. No. In the first episode, one of them, or maybe the second episode, one of those block characters ended up naked, it's and it so had like cute. a little layered ball and penis <laughs> on the front of it. Oh my god, it was so adorable, though. <laughs> it's 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 funny, and it 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 brings nothing to the table. Like it's you're not you're walking away just maybe with a smile because of the absurdity of it. But I, we, I enjoyed that. That was a, that was a good find in, I guess Hulu. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was just one of it those. It is a Hulu things. original series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, uh, throw that up on the Plex. I, I wouldn't mind taking a quick peek at it to see. Uh, it what is I there, think. sure. You watch it at your Fantas leisure. Taz, great. <laughs> Tony Hale. Um, oh, oh, Tony Hale. Okay, got I, it. I've yeah. continued to watch yeah. The Neighborhood in spurts, which you know is twenty-two minutes that I can apparently just donate to the world i think he secretly likes the show guys there are things about it i like and there are things that, that i don't i like every scene that schmidt shows up in okay. other than that it's okay uh i ventured to watch man with a plan which is a show Ooh. starring a grown-up joey i wanted to see what that that went i was just curious <laughs> <laughs> um still trying to work our way through castle we're halfway through season seven now. Yeah, we're getting to the end. Uh, if your girl could stay awake for more than yeah. ten minutes, I would be <laughs> able to watch more with you. Oh, and something that at the, in the very near future we are going to watch. Um, Shudder, the the Shudder channel, created a creep show anthology series. Now, in our household, we like horror. My body is ready. And this show looks fantastic. I don't know if either one of you have seen Creepshow the movies, 
but it is nope <laughs> oh my god it's so good it is it is that tv style and oh i cannot wait to check that out i mean it's you know the throwback to the old creep show comics and all of that stuff but dark twisted really gruesome tales and... i would say you could watch the original and it's really not that bad it it it, it like it, it's some not... of it is kind of well if you're not a fan of horror which i we i know that chris is not right i am not he is the opposite of a fan um it is some of it is really like really horrific and some of it is like corny horror mm-hmm. but it's it being like that anthology series that they all well, they don't really the stories themselves don't tie together what ties them together is like the interstitials the animated interstitials which were always my favorite part of that movie series i want to see what they do with with that and shutter has done some really great horror stuff some of it you know really low quality but the storylines themselves and thought the theories behind them were really good and just i can't i want to watch it i want to watch it it will happen well please don't make me watch it no no i won't i don't wouldn't do that (laughs) to you. my second pick will be (laughs) i wouldn't do that to you chris (laughs) but she would (laughs) i can't speak for her i love you enough that i won't do it unless karen tells me to I have a. Mm. Have you guys? Have we'll you, see. Have you guys watched Reno Nine One One? And were you a fan? No. You know that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> apparently, um, a friend of mine named Angie, not you, um, the other Angie, uh, she, she uh, went to go. Uh, she was telling me that Reno Nine One One was coming back, and apparently, the two of us went to go see that movie together a long really? time ago. Okay. I have no, no recollection. recollection of seeing the movie with her uh, or seeing the movie at all. Uh, and not that I wasn't a fan of the show. It's just that I never watched it enough to be a fan of the show. Gotcha. I'm such a huge fan of the state. Yeah. I'd be surprised if I didn't thoroughly enjoy the show, at least to an extent. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I, and that's what surprised me because a lot of the, ca- it's very state esque. Yeah. A bunch of the, the state cast is the cast of Reno 911 though. I guess the current climate might not be the best climate to bring that show back in or any show with cops but these cops are always the fool that's the difference um but that is another what did we decide the definite this pronunciation of that channel was quibi 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 that is a that the new season of reno 911 is on that short form channel interesting so it's eight ten minute or eight to ten minute episodes it seems which is, hmm. I don't know, I mean, that's a commercial break for that show. Because it has six other seasons of 20, you know, 24, 20, 22, 24 minute episodes. So to chop that down to an eight minute skit almost, I don't know. We'll see. I'll check it out. Not for nothing. As far as cop shows go, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine can stay forever. Oh, yeah. See, but if, it, if you know, that's, that's <laughs> this six of one, half dozen of the other. I mean, it's just a different line of comedy yeah with reno i mean reno 911 is ridiculous i've like, never watched it like i don't think i've seen a single episode yeah the main same the main cool. officer wears like shorty shorts and, and i'm cut out off, cut you off ruined it for me thank you sleeves it's, yeah it's ridiculous yeah but it's thomas lennon so yeah, and he's the one wearing shorty shorts what anyway, Karen, watching? what about you? Yeah, what, 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 have, what have you been watching before I fill in all the gaps with my my shows? Yeah, um, well, as I said, I mainlined Queer Eye Season 5. Um, I just needed a lot of positivity 
to counteract reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I have a problem with that show, which is like, at first I'm watching it and I'm like, this is so good. Everyone's so happy. It's so nice. And then I... Um, it's a really aspirational show. It makes you think about like making changes in your own life, <laughs> except right now that's not really possible. Mm-hmm. So it got kind of depressing after a while. It's like, oh, look at all those nice things they did to those ho- that their house. I want to do a nice thing. I can't do anything <laughs> to my house right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up getting like a like a weird negativity backlash from watching too much Queer Eye. It's a roller coaster Just, of emotion from watching <laughs> Queer Eye. <laughs> It was a little depressing. I can't handle this. Um, Yeah, I actually totally understand that feeling, though. Um, Because, like, you want... It's also, like, they have this great sense of community, and we're just stuck at home. Can't do anything. Yeah, and, like, you know, seeing people, like, at the end of every episode, they have some sort of gathering where people come together, and I'm like... (laughs) Oh, that's not happening right now. <laughs> I remember. Oh, man, I sure would like to redo my kitchen, but we can't spend any money. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then I think, well, maybe I could get picked to be on the show. But the thing that you thing that I I mean, it's obvious every season, but it was really obvious to me this season is like you really have to be super. There there has to be like multiple special aspects to your story. Mm-hmm. Layer, for you layers. to be picked as the yeah like it's not just like he's an immigrant or he's a business owner or whatever it's like there have to be like i don't know he's an immigrant <laughs> who's a business owner who's a family man who has some family issues that might be able to be resolved by five gay men and his sister is macy gray <laughs> yeah there oh go. by the way that just, actually was the last person oh, in the season God. was this brother of macy gray she was. She did not appear in the episode. So, I mean, all things considered, very enjoyable. Made me feel good. But yeah, bummed me out a little bit. Aside from that, not a ton. We did uh, continue with uh, Shield season mm-hmm. seven, um, and it's super fun. Yeah. It conti- I I don't know how that show continues to be as ridiculous and as fun as it is, but it's great. I'm excited and it's to not ridiculous it the way what's it um DC's Legends of Tomorrow is, you know. Okay. Because every time I try to jump into that show, like, yes, it is completely ridiculous. And it looks like it should be the fun kind of ridiculous, but it just doesn't click with me. Agents of Shield is it it really has such a good flavor to it. And this whole time travel arc where we're we're getting into some serious Captain America vibes. Uh, through a lot of the stuff that's going on here, like first Avenger era stuff, it's just wonderful. It is Wait, like it's a gosh time delight. period, or you feel like they're he's going to show up. Well, it's definitely that time period. Okay. We've we've they're the whole thing. Spoiler alert: the whole the whole thing is that they they go back in time because these this alien robot race called the Chronicoms wants to get rid of Shield. So their way of getting rid of Shield is to get rid of Hydra. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. forms as a response to HYDRA. So there went back in time to kill, like, Malik's grandfather or something like that. Gideon Malik's dad. And uh, he's running running around currently with the vial of serum that is going to make the Red Skull. Okay. Like the last ingredient that, um, what's his name? Um, Erskine. Erskine is going to use to make the Red Skull. So... 
like that that's the delivery that they're that shield is trying to save because they're like well shit we got to protect this guy because if we if hydra never forms then shield never forms and it's like damn <laughs> it, it's really cool i'm really damn. enjoying it good if shield never forms is it possible that the world is just a better place and it doesn't need to form well, that's definitely a question that is raised on their show. They're like, yes. well, what if we just kill the guy who is, you know, going to be responsible for Hydra, and then we'll save a lot of lives. And they're kind of like, no, we can't mess with the timeline like that, because that's bad for, you know, reasons. time travel reasons. Like, yeah, because like, you don't know. What, you don't what fuck is, with the timeline. Yeah, what is that going to what is that going to do? Just ask Barry Allen. How do you Allen. know that's not going to give rise to something even worse? Like, there's there's all these risks. But that is definitely a conversation that happens on the show. That at one point, Daisy's just like, nah, fucking kill him. Just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's name is Malik. Get, kill him. And we're just going to save everybody that way. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then I think somebody else is just like, you don't know what's going to happen, though. You kill this guy. Hydra never forms. Maybe Hodra shows up. And then everything's <laughs> even worse. Like, <laughs> Here comes Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> Hydra, Hodra, Hodor. The evil. Is it better Hydrox to fight, cookies? face the evil you know or the evil that could possibly be? Uh, yeah. Well done. Just put that on a cereal box. Yes. I have a t-shirt that says it already. <laughs> Delightful. Let's see. Uh, Anything else you want to mention before I dive in? No, sir. Well, we finished Killing Eve. We did finish Killing Eve. And? I'm not entirely sure what happened. (laughs) 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 That's pretty much far for the course with Killing Eve, though. Yeah, I mean, look, I I hate Eve. I just think she's the worst. Is that why they kill her? I wish she's, they would. She's not dead. No, Damn. she's not dead. But she doesn't seem to be like the central character so much anymore. Or at least like everything else that was, there was so much happening by the end of the first season. And like the the woman from the Super Mario Brothers movie shot a guy in the head. The guy that was super cool that's a bad guy turned out to be like involved in her kid's death, which was one of the deaths that I really was pissed off at the show for because like stop killing characters I like. But then Eve's husband, who was way too good for her, turned out to be okay, even after getting stabbed with a fork in the chest or something like that, like a pitchfork. And then, like, the woman who did it that was trying to frame Villanelle or something to that did that to get Villanelle and Eve to stop seeing each other. I don't know. The whole thing's super confusing. But I was entertained. It was a cool <laughs> show. And I look forward to seeing where it goes when it comes back. Cool. Yeah, I like the where they left off with that. Um, they the whole kind of season was about the two of them sort of trying to break away from each other because it was better for both of them in their own lives if they just stopped pursuing each other, but they just couldn't. And at the end, they find themselves together, and they have this great final scene at the end of the episode on London Bridge where they talk about like, you know, just needing to go their separate ways and they don't and eve is like i don't know how to do that villanelle is like well if that's what you want it's easy and they just turn their backs to each other and she says no just walk away and don't look back and so they both like walk away this is a really cool shot and neither one of them looks and then they both stop and then they both look back at each other and that's that means they love each other (sighs) it might i don't know i just i love it 
Well, over in the world of uh, of what I've been watching, we are continuing our Avatar, my rewatch, kids watch, um, and uh, John requested a second episode yesterday morning, so I definitely know he's enjoying it because we finished an episode, oh, and, and I was like, all right, well, what do you want to do next? He's like, can we watch another one? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Let's watch the next one. Uh, so we met Toph. Yes. So... Uh, that was pretty cool. I think he thought that was really neat. Because, uh, I mean, how could you not? That whole, that whole business is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. And the next episode is Zuko Alone. I don't know how he's going to feel about that one, because it's a little heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if there's a fun subplot in that one, or if it's just Zuko being alone? Zuko. <laughs> Zuko uh, <laughs> less, less alone than uh, it says in the title, but still... Good episode, great episode of the show. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he thinks of it. We're probably going to watch that tomorrow. I don't know. We haven't been watching it every morning because it just depends on how soon they wake up and stroll downstairs and what I'm already doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're doing that, and we've we finished uh, the first season of the Mickey Mouse Schwartz. Nice. Um, what was the last one we watched? There was a soccer one that was pretty funny. Uh, I really, really dig all those Mickey Mouse shorts. So the next time we jump in, I'll be wa- trying to shuffle them on to season two because they keep going back to the same ones. I'm oh, like, okay. I just want to watch this one again and again and again and again and again. I'm like, but there's all there's like 550 million of these things and they could all be as funny, if not funnier than these four. I'm like, no, I want to watch this one again. Okay. But then when it rolls around to my turn to pick, I'll just start a rotation. Like, okay, Ellie picks, John picks, now I pick, and I pick the next new one. So, (laughs) (laughs) outsmarted children. (laughs) (laughs) Adulting. I'm the one with the remote. I'm the one with the power. (laughs) 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 Do you think you'll ever show your kids uh, like the original Looney Tunes? Oh my God, they've seen tons of those. Oh, really? Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, no, they, they love Looney Tunes. It was kind of how I convinced them to watch the Mickey Mouse shorts. I was like, this is kind of like Looney Tunes, except Mickey Mouse. Because we we actually started watching some of the old Mickey Mouse shorts uh, to get them into it. And those aren't quite as good as Looney Tunes, like really not even close. But I do remember having fond memories of the goofy ones. And so we started watching the goofy sports ones. And those are fantastic. And yes. they loved those. Like the how to fish and how to swim. And There's Olympic one champ how to drive, and right? Stuff. I feel like I remember that. There's a how to drive and there's a, something about how, like, how to exercise. But those aren't on there. Okay. It's weird. They don't have all of those up yet. And I don't know why. But sure, Disney Plus, do, do your thing. Uh Regardless, uh, those so those, those have been a lot of fun. Uh, but probably the coolest thing that I watched uh, was just today we caught up on the uh, the uh, Cravendale Last Marble Standing. <laughs> uh, so there, all the teams. I talked about this I think last week or the week before. All the teams of marbles that are competing for the Cravendale Cup. Mm-hmm. Cravendale is apparently some sort of like longer lasting milk that is sponsoring this particular <laughs> thing. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's not American, but whatever. I've never heard of it, but it, it doesn't matter because all this stuff is awesome. So I think the last time I talked about it, the most recent event was the long jump, right? Did yes. we talk about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, uh, five days ago, and then earlier today, as of this recording, they uh, they released uh, episode uh, episode four, event four, and event five. Event four was collision. So what they did is they have this like square. It's like more or less a flat square, and there's two chunks of marbles, like uh, five marbles on each marbles on each team, and uh, then there's these shoots, these uh, like shoots with big ball bearings on them, mm. uh, 
two, uh, two on each side of the square. And what they do is they release all the marbles at the same time. Oh, you forgot that there's dominoes at the edge of all the way around the square. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going to next. Oh, is okay. like, so the marbles all clash with each other. And whatever marbles stay in the ring are, the, are, are how many points you get. So however many marbles stay behind is how many points that team gets. And there are all these dominoes lined up as like, a, um, like walls around the uh, arena so that when the marbles hit, they're not necessarily going to fall off. They're going to knock down the domino and maybe that'll give enough resistance for a marble to stay. Mm-hmm. But if they do knock down the domino and then one of the ball bearings hits them or something like that, then it's easier for them to fall off. It was fascinating. <laughs> and then, like, the finals they kept doing, um, for the finals of it, uh, the marbles that remained got to face off against each other. So, like, they'd do a, you know, five versus five. And then if it was a tie of 3v3, then those three got to go up, but they didn't reset the dominoes. So then there's, like, all these holes in the wall where they could fall down. It just made it even more, uh, more dastardly. So that was super cool. Event five, which just went up today, is called uh, Block Pushing. And this was a really neat one. So there's like the one big shoot, and there's four marbles in a row for each team. And they release all four marbles in a straight line down this one. Like only one marble at a time can go down the chute. So they, re- they release all four back to back to back to back in like a line. And there's um, what looks like a Nerf gun dart okay. in, the, in, in the chute and uh, like a, a measurements, like a ruler up a lot along the side. And you, they release the marbles, and whatever whoever pushes it the farthest wins. So like, seventy five centimeters, eighty centimeters, etc. And it's it's fascinating to watch because like, it's just marbles, but all these different things happen every time because they're marbles and they have tiny imperfections and things slide differently. So like, one time a marble shot off the side and they didn't get very far, and it was like, oh, it's a huge upset for the team. It's all commentated like. <laughs> It's absolutely outstanding. I love it. There's only one event left in the uh, for the Cravendale uh, Last Marble Standing series, and I think that's going up in a couple of days. Okay. And then I think the one after that's going to be the John Oliver sponsored thing. Um, it's really cool. I went back to look at some of the older stuff on this channel, and like they got their production values shot up pretty recently like pretty high and they're really cool. Uh, and I'm super happy that this, uh, this keeps going. Yes. June 20th is the last marble standing finals. Um, I want to look up the, the John Oliver, uh, while you do, Evan sent us a link to the company that, that sponsored it, Cravendale and their website on their, um, you know, when you go to a website, they have a pop up about cookies. Mm hmm. And it there so there's says no milk without cookies. <laughs> Get it? Because yeah. they make milk and it's cute. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. They actually have a link on their website to last marble standing information. Oh, six so six events. Milk. Oh, June twenty first. Sunday. 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 So the finals of the Cravendale. Oh, come on. I missed it. Uh, the finals of the Cravendale Cup thing are the are on June 20th. So the next day is the new thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what? It sounds like an exciting uh, Father's Day slash birthday weekend for you, sir. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So At least he's getting into sports, Karen. Come on! 
Hey, I'm not complaining. It's seriously giving me, like, I know it's Marvels. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I understand how silly it is. It's fantastically silly. But the sound design of it is seriously like Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's how it's, the way it's commentated, the, the the cadence of the way the guy speaks, the volume of the crowd in the background. <laughs> um, it's all very... It's it's very it's like that low constant crowd noise that, that that's going on. It's all it's it's shot and put together like Olympic coverage, which we would be watching what now ish I think was when the original uh, Tokyo Olympics were supposed to happen. Probably next month. Yeah. So, so which it's it, it super bumps me out that that's not going to happen because I love watching the Olympics. Um, but this is kind of scratching that itch a little bit just because of the the way the presentation works. It's done to invoke feelings of the Olympics and I am getting a lot out of that so it's fun and John loves it so I get to watch it with John also the team names are pretty fantastic oh my god <laughs> yeah what was the what was the one that was in the lead today it was uh, the dare to they have they have dairy dash the freshers oh, team purity grays of glory grays of glory, glory that was my it. favorite <laughs> The current standings as of as of the end of event five because it's a whole big tournament. So the um, event five, Grace of Glory, I think is like super in the lead right now um, because they every event they they tally the scores. So the current rankings are Grace of Glory with twenty two points. Then the semi skimmers and Team Purity are both tied at eighteen. Dairy Dash is at seventeen. The Freshers at sixteen, and then Milky Madness down at fourteen. So. It's relatively close. I can't depending on, wait to see like, what the names of the teams are when, when Oliver takes over as sponsor. Uh, I can't either, but there are um, a lot of these teams. Like in the the one that um, that John Oliver's sponsoring mm-hmm. is the the Marble Runs, the actual racing league. So these are like <sighs> endurance test things. Gotcha. And I think there are existing teams that like. Are that that come back all the time? <laughs> like, uh, there's like I'm looking at the Marble Olympics 2019 right now. This is so ridiculous and so awesome at the same time. There's so <laughs> much information about this. Sorry, I'm trying to get past what? an ad so I can Hold see on. the teams. I there's a link. OnlineGambling.com has a link on there for Jelly's Run. Oh, good lord! Really? Yes. <laughs> Is there nothing people will not online gamble about? <laughs> this is awesome. Oh. Mellow Yellow, the Jungle Jumpers, Indigo Stars. Yeah, I don't know if they just make new teams all the time and then you know make up histories for them or what. Because I know I was watching some older racers and a bunch of them were named after car companies. And I kind of wonder if they were actually sponsored for that. Regardless, Maybe. this is amazing. Jelly's Marble Runs on YouTube. Watch it. It's a good time. We had a couple of news stories I think everybody wanted to talk about. Let's click over there. What's going on in the news? Let's see. I'm surprised um, you don't have marble do, 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 do. in the news. <laughs> That's just part of life. <laughs> Wait, where does, where does this end? Um, I think the fuck's not you trick. <laughs> Okay. There it is. Cops. Uh, <laughs> cops. T- there we go. Yeah. Cops. 
So, um, this one shocked me. This comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. Cops TV series canceled after 31 years in wake of protests. And my response was, Cops was still on? Yeah. It was actually saved twice, if I'm not mistaken. From Fox. It got canceled from Fox. That's bananas. Well, then Spike. I know it ran on G4 for a while. Like, Spike or G4 for a while. And that was, like, one of those... It's funny. I follow Adam Sessler on uh, Twitter, who's a very interesting personality. Uh, he was one, he was the co-host of X Play, which was a great show on uh, G Four back in the day before it became Spike TV. And um, people always make fun of that network for putting cops reruns on all the time. And Adam Sessler is is always the first to jump in and say, like, you can mock that all you want, but those cops reruns paid the bills so that we could keep doing the shows that you guys liked because right. nobody was watching those shows that people liked yeah. apparently and not for so, nothing um, it, it's it's i i i too had the same reaction you did that oh my god this show is still running but there is also another show that spawned from this show what? um there is now another show that's called live pd <laughs> Which uh, is in the article about cops because as I was reading through this, I just couldn't stop. I was I was amazed that there are over a thousand episodes of this horrible, horrible television show. Um, He's always under the swim the the plastic swimming pool. That's where the bad guy <laughs> always runs to. Like I I think I watched this show maybe like once or twice as a kid, and I don't ever like. I don't remember anything about it other than being like, why is this on television? Um, Bet you remember the theme song, though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everybody remembers the theme song. Ugh. So, yeah, I, I will say I was just as surprised as you that it was still running and happy to see it go. But the uh, live PD show is not currently being canceled. So. Well, you know, we'll never be rid of all the bad television. So True. We'll take steps. Still, we can there's take. still like 900 channels that need to be filled with something. Yeah, and I mean, are cops reruns not going to happen anymore, or is it just that they're not making new episodes? That's a very good question. Because I'd be willing to bet that there's going to be plenty of reruns of cops for plenty of people to to watch and you know, air quote enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. There you go. That's 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 what I was looking for. Uh, moving on, we've got from the Mary Sue, they're reporting that Batwoman's showrunner clarifies Kate Kane won't die. But then within the article, I, it seems... Okay, I'm okay with Kate Kane being recast. I'm really okay with that. But that's not what they're doing. They're not. They're doing her. She's gone. She's Yeah, yeah she's going to disappear. And they're going to do a whole... They're gonna, no, don't do that. Like, they're basically, from my understanding, and I did go and read more than one article on this because I just couldn't wrap my head around it. They're basically just going to be like, oh, yeah, and here's a new Batwoman. Also, season one no longer matters. That And that's fine. Just That's kind of a train wreck, <laughs> narratively kind of, speaking. kind of sounds to me like leaving the door open for her to eventually return. Uh, okay, you maybe. Know? But, you know, why close that door? If they kill her off, then they could never have 
you know, three seasons from now, if the show lasts that long, and let's be honest, it's on the CW, it will. Uh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> if three seasons from now she decides that she wants to get back in on the action, then they can have the triumphant return of Kate Kane comes back to Batwoman and blah, 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 blah. So, I don't know. But just re- I, I mean, none of none of this is good. Uh, losing the main, losing your lead actress in a show like this after one season is like maybe we should stop but uh no they're gonna keep it rolling and i do think it's an interesting choice mm-hmm. to uh just make somebody else be batwoman after one season so i don't know we'll see what they do with it i haven't watched any of the show so well, there is a bit of good good to it which is that they're not killing the character um because she's the first uh gay female superhero on tv to like lead and uh you know tv and storytelling in general has a horrible habit of killing off gay characters so it's Hmm. good that this one's not going to be killed wait i i thought she's not well i guess technically no okay because on legends of tomorrow white canary is gay and she is technically the team lead and one of the lead stars of the show right but she didn't okay start she that didn't way. start that way and technically she yeah i guess did sort of get killed at one point but like 14 or 15 times that was an hour <laughs> staple <laughs> kill that woman off again yeah, yeah that that to me was not anything to do with her preferences so much as because at that time i don't know that her preferences were clear it was more of like this is just what we're doing to this poor poor woman but also she's a total well, I mean, badass. So here she comes. She's not going down. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Ollie and her were together behind her sister's back or something like that. Yes, they were. That's why she was on the boat. And that's why, yep, yep. she was believed to be dead. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't dead. She became a ninja nope. assassin. Yeah, good times. Speaking of ninja assassins. <laughs> Alex Trebek is a ninja assassin? <laughs> um, Yeah. How do you not know okay. that? I, I don't know. <laughs> he ninja assassinated my heart. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's see. We've got TVLine.com saying Alex Trebek eager to return to Jeopardy following COVID-19 hiatus, which is not the headline I thought. I mean, of anything, aside from the audience, you'd think that it would be safe to produce just jeopardy with social distancing like move the podiums a little further apart from each other and you're fine mm-hmm. if they even have to are they not already six feet apart i don't know it kind of looks like they are and I it's not like the live was... audience is oh, what there... you know makes jeopardy jeopardy but i i thought is this there was actually about a live final audience? episode because you've never seen the audience have you no but you hear them you hear them we went to jeopardy to. tapings before oh did you oh. nice what, it was neat. I thought he was fighting cancer. He was like, stage four pancreatic is. cancer. Yeah. So is it, so so that's not the thing slowing him down. It's COVID. Well, both. So, Everything's so, been sh- slowed down. So. And the problem was, is like hmm. they weren't sure, or he was talking about he's he's been opened that he's going to continue doing the show for as long as he can, but they are running out of pre-recorded episodes which the i i mean it says trebek final jeopardy last episode cancer that's like that's the the it's the word salad word salad yeah. but the the point is is that he's still good to go he wants to do this and they're gonna try to figure out a way to 
make it so that he gets more episodes in Bless before he has him. to stop. That's amazing that he's actually willing to like keep going considering what he's dealing with. Like pancreatic cancer is no joke. It was like eighteen months. This it's like the normal survival rate. Mm. Or no. It's one not year. high. No, it's eighteen percent survive the first year and he has surpassed that. Well, I'm for him in the article. So maybe it's because he's not human. He's a ninja. <laughs> Maybe human. nobody, maybe nobody previously thought to fight cancer in the form of a question. <laughs> oh boy. Write that down. I don't have any space on my paper. <laughs> Anyways, that was fantastic. So, uh, coming to us from InsideTheMagic.net. Which is interesting because you go there and then the thing on the top says inside the magic dot com, but in the you know the web browser it says dot net. But yeah, whatever, man. Nineties uh, cult classic dinosaurs coming soon to Disney Plus. That's really good news. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I say I up? think because I haven't seen this show in a long time. That's what I was thinking. Like, like since I was a kid. Is this as good as we remember, or is it not? And we're going to be real sorry we got excited. Most likely the latter. But that's not going to stop Disney. <laughs> How does Disney um, own Look, this? it's going to get a lot of attention. Well, because they uh, it's a Henson property, uh, and they bought most of uh, Henson's everything. properties. Okay. They bought most well, they of don't own Fraggle Rock, and they don't own Sesame Street, because that stuff got broken off at some point, which is weird. Um, but they do own Henson properties. They don't seem to know what to do with Henson properties, well, uh, they try which to remake is strange. Them into a weird thing that's what i mean by they have no idea what to do with them like i i still don't understand how that muppet show got made uh or why it got made i mean i guess i understand why because they have no idea what people like about like what is it that people like about henson's properties but if they put somebody in charge of that license that understands it that could change everything but i digress that's not what we're here for um this is a uh, Michael Jacobs produ- uh, produced Jim Henson TV show that aired. God, it must have been ABC, I think, way back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. It's famous for this little pink baby dinosaur that yells, not the mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also famous for having a freakishly dark ending. Um, that, which, that's I mean, the I remember. The, is that, is that the, where the, the dinosaurs actually ended? Yeah, right. yeah, it's the Ice Age. Okay. And I remember watching this show and being pretty weirded out by it, because I used to watch this show religiously with my family. I loved this show as a kid. And uh, when they were doing the Ice Age, at the end of the show, I was like, huh, uh, hmm. Huh. Little kid me was just kind of weirded out, like, well, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess that's how you end a show called Dinosaurs, huh? <laughs> yep. So wait, how did it end? Because... I didn't uh, like I remember seeing some episodes when I was younger but my family like I don't I wonder what we did with our television honestly because I don't feel like we used it like I think I've seen like maybe three episodes of this show ever well well um for some reason recall there being a meteor I don't remember the exact ending I just looked it up on YouTube the ice age was coming uh everybody's like freezing and um Let's. Oh man, I forgot about the grandma character. But what's going to happen to us? Uh, well, I don't know exactly. No, 
yeah, so they're all like looking at looking at their own, uh, contemplating their own mortality, and <laughs> just then, like a good um, Disney property does. Pans out to a window, and there's snow everywhere, and the house is getting buried in snow. Oh Jesus! And everything's getting buried in snow, and yeah, that's kind of how it ends. Oh my then god! There's a, yeah, there was a little newscaster uh, who's saying like good night and goodbye, and then that's where the show ends. Wow. Cheesy wow. <laughs> crazy. That is Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to checking this show out when it comes back on there because just from a, a puppeteering standpoint, this show was awesome. Yeah. Like it was really, really cool to look at. But and I remember it being very funny and the whole not the mama bit, that's that's comedy right there. It's it it's is. good comedy. I don't know. We'll see. I mean it's it is the Flintstones and and um what were the Flintstones a ripoff of? <sighs> Honeymooners, you know, like it's it's that that line where dumb husband and family issues, like it was that's sitcom staples right there. And this one was yeah. surrounded by dinosaur puppets, which was fantastic. And there was some good workplace humor f- comedy in there about how like they're they work everyone too hard and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Should be interesting. Uh, let's see. Next up, 30 Rock returns to NBC for Upfront Special. What's an Upfront Special? Well, Upfronts is when the networks announce what their program is going to be for the year. This is weird to me because, I, to my list, I've never seen it, uh, where they have the Upfronts like broadcast. Usually it's like a conference that people attend, like executives and critics and stuff like that. They go to the Upfronts. Mm-hmm. But for... <laughs> I guess since they're not going to have that type of event, they're going to just put it on TV and have it like anchored or, you know, centered around the cast of 30 Rock in their uh, in character. <laughs> so that's weird. So Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, okay. And my next comment was a direct line from the article because it bothered me so much I had to share it, that pun. No. When life, Why don't you tell us what it was? As the old saying goes, when life hands you lemons, have her host the upfront. That's no. a beautiful saying. No. You love Liz Lemon. You stop it. Yes, I love Liz Lemon, but I hate puns. So I'm torn. Sounds like you're <laughs> a bit sour. You're on a podcast with oh, me. Oh, no. oh, oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. Ah, fantastic. Maybe he should citrus one out. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to take off my headphones so I don't have to hear any more of this. <laughs> ah, lemon puns. <laughs> All right, what else? I put up things. Don't be such a sour puss. <laughs> so let's that. see. Um, okay, so I'm super excited about Evan's story. That he <laughs> well, there's two next. of them here, right? In a row right. Well, the, uh, the, the second one is the actual synopsis and the first one was just imagery from the upcoming season so they're both from screen rant we're both talking about umbrella academy season two there's a photo there's a plot synopsis guys take it away uh well i'm they are tra- they time traveled back well to the, done they time traveled back to the 60s and each of the family members because the power his powers or no, five's powers are not as fine-tuned as everybody thought they were except for him uh they all get separated in time 
whether it be a couple of years or months or days and everybody is doing their own thing and I like the the point of that is for them to get back together. So Ooh. the imagery looks great. Yeah. I, I This is gonna be so fun. Now I honey I just can't wait. You made a comment before we started recording. I'm curious as to why. Okay, so Karen, please don't yeah. hate me. I am not sure if I am as excited about this season as I was before I knew the plot synopsis. And the reason is because the way that the plot synopsis has been explained, it sounds as though it's basically going to be yet another, like, I'm just going to read this part of the synopsis. Five is the last to land smack dab in the middle of nuclear doomsday, which, spoiler alert, turns out as a result of the group's disruption of the timeline. Deja vu, anyone? Now the Umbrella Academy must find a way to reunite, figure out what caused doomsday, put a stop to it, and return to the present timeline to stop that other apocalypse, all while being hunted by a trio of ruthless Swedish assassins. But seriously, no pressure or anything. And I'm just... Like, okay, so they're just repeating season one. No one's going to listen to five because no one ever fucking listens to five. And everyone's going to run around and be like, I have a family now. I moved on. Me. They're not going to want to pay attention to anything he's saying. There's another apocalypse coming. Like, it just sounds like it's going to be season one all over again. And if that's the case, then that will mean that there was no real character growth. And I'm going to be really angry. Settle down. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Hang in there. I have been so well, excited for you, the show to come back, and all of a sudden, I'm not. If you have no faith in the writers, then sure, you could look at it that way. But if you have faith in the people who delivered the first season of excellent television, that they will deliver a second season of excellent television, perhaps the plot synopsis does not explain all the details of the things that will happen in the season. That's fair. That's or fair. perhaps there are many things that we don't know about that will happen in this season. I'm sure it's possible that it could be a sophomore slump repeat of season one and nobody learned anything, but I suspect that this show is a little smarter than that and that we will, there will be good reasons to watch this second season. I feel like the scattering them throughout time and in different, in different time streams or whatever. um, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity to like, remix the groupings and like who ends up together and at what point in time they end up together they end up i just i think it's gonna be fun i still think it will be fun hopefully maybe i'm trying not to be a total total pessimist i'd like to i like i can't wait to see like who ends up the furthest back in time because that's gonna be the one who's like kind of catches up to each one as time passes and like I don't know, and and the story I think is probably gonna be told like you'll see like 1963 and 1961 and 1968 like all in the same episode. So like I feel like that's gonna be a total mind fuck of like wait what's happening at which time and who's where. Mm-hmm. Like oh, and that's what I love about the show. It's so fucking bonkers. So I and think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I don't. I also don't ever trust plot synopsis. Yeah. Like. That's, I mean, those are written wrote, by promo monkeys, which yeah. we hate. Well, the, the promo monkeys could be trying to tell you anything. Like, that's just trying to sell some shit. Like, 
if we're already sold on the show, we don't know what stuff is not included in that plot synopsis. There could be lots of things that are not included in that plot synopsis. I, I, I don't think you should let that ruin your hype in the least. Okay, uh, now I'm pumped. <laughs> awesome. <Back in>. Yay! <laughs> let's do this. Pro- promo monkeys can kiss my butt. All right, let's see. Amazon gives a glimpse into the future of shoppable television. Yeah. Okay, did anyone actually, like, give this a few minutes of reading? Nah, but I I see uh, Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, and they both don't appear to be aging. Yeah, right? weird. Okay, so that was the first red flag. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) But the second thing about this is that this referenced QVC, and I thought, like, the second I saw QVC, I just kind of started chuckling. But, um... What I found interesting is that they're actually, so what they're going to do is they're going to make a concept, uh, like a fashion show where the two of them will be hosting it and the show is called Making the Cut. But what's really fascinating to me about this is that they're actually going to make it so that there'll be competitors, designers will compete to create their best items. And at the end of the episode, you can purchase the item. Like you can buy it Hmm. on Amazon. Um, Amazon's version of QVC. Yeah, but it's, like, very clever because it gets you pulled in, like, for me, I know that when I watch a lot of the competition shows, because I've watched stuff where it's, I don't watch a lot of the cooking competition shows, but I've watched a lot of other ones, and you do kind of feel some attachment to the thing that they're making because you saw their struggle to make it, like, there's some storytelling there, Mm -hmm. and as a salesperson, for me, that's compelling, so I can see, oh my God, I, they, I just realized and they, they actually say that storytelling is a much more compelling way to sell products today than traditional advertising. <laughs> Fuck me. See, I'm, I will be the target audience. You are the target oh, audience. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I thought was really interesting from there is that they are actually attempting to take it further than that using uh, examples of things like uh, Rebel Without a Cause when James Dean uses an ace comb and then after that everyone had to have an ace comb. Um, They're looking to create things where when you're streaming you'll be able to actually like click the content in the show and purchase things that actors are wearing from the show. Like that's and that's kind of cool because you know there's definitely been times when I like go and Google like like who is this character in the show wearing because I love their style I love their outfit yeah I will just go um, watch Pitch Perfect and click on everything Anna Kendrick wears thanks <laughs> and like Instagram already kind of does this I mean not necessarily with video content but on you you can make an Instagram post clickable so that you it can click through right to the you know your website for your product yep but what's what's awesome about this is all amazon is also a television market so right. they can they with their streaming service they can automatically like right as the episode ends there are clickable links in whatever thing that you're watching that amazon show on to bring you to amazon to buy said items yeah the, the only thing that um, I felt was worth discussing that was more controversial was the fact that, like, there are influences, right? So people will pay to have their product in a TV show. And the concern here was a little bit about transparency and data collection because people are already concerned in some regard. And you can do things like asking Alexa, like, questions, and you can describe the thing that you need and then 
that is all recorded and that's in Amazon's database because that's how they get Alexa to curate for their customers. But it kind of raises the question, like I just, I had a little bit of like a 1984 vibe, I think. Um, it just, it kind of freaked me out in, in the sense that I was like, okay, so it's just going to be listening all the time. And like now when we're watching stuff, it, I, I almost wonder if there's going to be a point where like it will digitally, this is such a dystopian projection, but it will like digitally put on like, I think that you're going to like this outfit. So we'll be watching the same show and the actress is wearing like three different outfits and it's like curated to the people that are watching and it just gets you and it like runs you. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be mind control. That's the future I'm predicting. Mark my words. But I'm in. Sold. I still, yeah, right? I still thought it was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of on board with that. So, yeah. Well, it certainly sounds interesting. I don't know if it's my cup of tea, but... Well, what if again, it was a, a video game production show? What if it was Amazon Presents the newest Nintendo stuff? I'd watch it. And then to have the availability to click here. I mean, you know, uh, uh, without the 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 reins of income and and whatnot, like making that. How many times have you seen something on television and gone, "I like that, I want it," and then it goes away? And I don't think we're as conscientious about it most of the time because we know we can't necessarily get it. And now it's going to change a lot of. I I think it could it could be interesting to see how it influences our shopping habits. Like, it certainly could be. I don't know about like you guys, but when I see a show or a movie and product placement, <gasps> like it's obvious now because it's not really mm-hmm. done anymore. Like, oh shit, that guy has had a bag of Doritos in his hand for four scenes. Doritos must have paid for this sh- part of this show. Mm-hmm. Like, product placement is not is is either they got really really good at doing it subliminally, <laughs> or they just don't really do it anymore. And this is this is just saying. We're doing it. Well, like, they definitely look. still do it. You know, a car will drive up in a show, and then when the car parks, the front of the car will be towards the front, of, you know, towards close to the camera, so you can see the emblem on the front of the car, so you know that he's driving a Ford Focus to the crime scene or whatever mm-hmm. it is. That kind of stuff happens all the time. But I guess we're just a little bit more desensitized to it, or they've just gotten better at integrating it naturally instead of it being really in your face. <laughs> like the Italian job. <laughs> Mini Cooper's sales went crazy. I wanted it's a great movie Cooper. called State in Maine that has a really, really clever uh, product placement bit towards the end of it. Bazoomer.com. <laughs> Good times. State in <laughs> Maine, great movie. Anyways, let us move on. Let us continue this train of news to talk about the Oscars 2021 ceremony post postponed for two months. Yeah, okay, so I legitimately Presumably not this have, is... I shouldn't have been the person posting this, because I cannot tell you how many shits I don't give about the Oscars. I mean, I'm assuming they're trying to find a way to not give the Sonic the Hedgehog movie awards, right? Is that what I had heard? <laughs> yes. Exactly. There, it's a there, conspiracy. There how, like, there's not There've a lot of movies, There have been very few movies right? released during the Oscar cycle so far. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, that was I, mean, really just... I, I think this is inevitable and I also think that if it's only two months we'll be lucky yeah yeah. I, it, uh, or yeah. they'll be lucky the, yeah well <laughs> people who care will be lucky well by extension well I mean by extension for what it means about what's happening in the world we'll all That's, be lucky yeah that is true fair and I, yeah. I understand your, uh, your meaning there 
Uh, I get it now. I I'm, I think I'm I'm curious to know if our listeners are the kind of listeners who actually give a shit about this this event. Like I, I've never we've live tweeted it before. Like yep. it can be fun, but I, as the years have gone on and we've seen fewer and fewer of the movies up for nomination. Uh, it's become less relevant in this house. It's also the Oscars have become, <laughs> or have been revealed to always have been sort of like they're bullshit. Yeah, like it's a bunch of old white people picking a bunch of other white people to give them awards. Hmm. Neat. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and that doesn't exactly sound like a uh, quality entertainment to me. Though there are, uh, yeah, I think it's the awards themselves are a bit of a bullshit, but, you know, sometimes the show itself can be fun, like the opening monologue, the host bits. Sometimes that stuff can be fun, but all in Don't all, Don't get yeah, me wrong. I love it, but it's <laughs> bullshit. Don't get me wrong. I will be watching it when it goes on. It's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, all right, the last two things we've got before we go to the break and then talk about our feature topic is, uh, so... Evan, you posted from YouTube, the BBC National Orchestra of Wales have assembled to perform uh, from their various homes to perform the Doctor Who theme. Yes. It's just neat. neat. And I put that there just for you, Karen, because it popped up into my feed and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. (laughs) And in response to that. It's (laughs) adorable. But it's adorable how like all of the orchestra performers had some manner of displaying like their Hoovian fandom in whatever they were wearing like they had bow ties they had hats they had scarves like they had like branded product like it all of these people are super doctor who geeks (laughs) despite that stuff at home despite like in too which i thought was a neat little touch yeah (laughs) and they're not like this is the doctor who orchestra it's the bbc national orchestra of wales that's just how big a fucking deal doctor who is in the uk (laughs) yes everybody's a fan (laughs) so awesome so i thought this was super cool but it reminded me of something that i stumbled upon last night this happened i think about a month ago and i totally missed it uh until i discovered it last night randomly on youtube the uh, the seatbelts, the band that did the music for the anime Cowboy Bebop, did a similar thing where they did the they recorded and performed the theme song to Cowboy Bebop Tank uh, in a virtual virtual ses- session, uh, and it was uh, pretty awesome. These guys can still perform the heck out of this song. Yeah, uh, and I and yeah. I just I forgot. I mean, I loved the theme song for Cowboy Bebop. I never really knew. That it was nearly four minutes long, if not longer than that. Yeah, it, it, is, it isn't on the show itself, but because it, the show itself has kind of a truncated version of the song. But if you have the soundtrack, which I do, I do not. Uh, you can listen to the full version of the song. And this is a pretty, pretty, uh, is pretty much it. There's, a, you know, some improvisation bits here and there that are a little bit different than on the original recording. But it was who the hell cares? This is great. Great, great, great. Oh, it looks like they also did uh, the Real Folk Blues. Oh, look, look, you know, let me check out their channel. The Real Folk Blues is the song that played over the uh, closing credits of that show. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're all over it. Well, yeah. The, let's see. The, uh, the, the the show itself was geared. It was geared to be jazzy. So I mean, the the, the seatbelts did their um. Uh, what is it? Uh, they they did most of the show show's soundtrack, and um. The music was oh, a really important part of that show, too. Oh, my God, yeah. The music is a huge part of the show, and it's 
really good too mm-hmm. yes what and full disclosure this? to our listeners i did reveal to the rest of the group tonight that i have not seen all of cowboy bebop and need to watch yeah you should i definitely recommend it especially before if you know the live action show ever actually happens uh, i would definitely recommend checking it out at some point it's it's a very good show uh, as far as anime is concerned it's very self-contained it doesn't get uh, and and I mean this. I, this comes from a place of love, so uh, don't think I'm hating on anime. But it's not very far up its own ass, <laughs> uh, which is not something that you can say about a lot of anime, uh, or at least a lot of the anime that I've seen. So um, don't get me wrong; it spends some quality time up there uh, uh, for for some of the uh, for some of the storylines. But it's um, it's a very good show. I like. I'm it very curious. Much. What does it mean to say an anime is up its own ass? Did you ever play Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> I just so like when Chris now. explains things. And he did it so succinctly. Like, he knew that question was going to happen. He had an answer ready. Yeah, what if I said no, though? Uh, what, if, if you've never played Kingdom Hearts... Um, it's the kind of thing that is inherently silly to just an unfathomable degree, but takes itself so incredibly seriously mm-hmm. that it wraps past, like, you get something that takes itself seriously, and then it takes itself so seriously that it wraps around to being funny. Well, this, the, the, a lot of anime does that, except it takes itself so seriously that it wraps all the way around to being funny, but then keeps going and wraps all the way around to being serious again, and then wraps around another time to become a parody of its own self, where nothing makes any sense. Any semblance of sense that could have even pretended to be in existence was given up eons ago in favor of trying to seem really, really serious about something very, very weighty that doesn't actually mean anything because it's nonsense. It's like the second two Matrix movies. It's <laughs> The second astounding. two Matrix movies. I love you, Chris. <laughs> and I love those movies, but there's no question that a lot of that time was spent inside of its own colon, and they don't make any sense. They make sense, but they kind of don't, you know? It's... it's Yep. Anime's fun. So, uh, this anyways, is why, audience, I wanted him to explain. <laughs> you should ask him how he feels about the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Oh, please tell it's me. It's a podcast for another podcast. I'm over it. I mean, I'm really not, but... <laughs> 45 uh, minutes in a car listening to him talk about that angrily. I'm not, I'm not as young as I used to be. I can't get that worked up about things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can get I worked up about you. that any day of the week and twice on Sundays, but no, we're not going to do that now. The movie's a pile of shit, and I hope it burns for all time, but we're going to take ourselves a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about my pick, which is a Simpsons episode uh, about a supervillain. You're listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? 
Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, GeekAid is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back! Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I am still Chris. I am still hosting. I am still here with Angie, Karen, and Evan. And we're going to talk about a Simpsons episode that I picked the episode is uh, actually, you know what? Let me let me back that train up just a little bit. The Simpsons premiered December seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine, on Fox. It ran for three hundred and fifty seven thousand seasons. <laughs> it's currently still on the air. Uh, the episode that we're talking about is season eight, episode two. You only move twice. Originally aired November third, nineteen ninety six. This is the Hank Scorpio episode. <laughs> Hank. Uh, if is really if you're a fan of classic Simpsons, all you have to say is the Hank Scorpio episode, and and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, this comes this comes to us from season eight, which is when I think that the uh, Simpsons was past its prime, mm-hmm. which is hilarious considering that there's literally thirty some odd seasons of this show, <laughs> and season eight was when it passed its prime. Uh, there's arguments to be made for season seven. I think uh, seasons two through six are really peak Simpsons, in my humble opinion. Uh, and then it starts to decline after that. But there were still some pretty decent gems. It's been a while since I've seen this episode, uh, so I was excited to go back to it because it was always one of my favorites because there was just a handful of gags that really, 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 really cracked me up. And those gags definitely still had me chuckling. So that was a... that was good. Anyway, to give a bit of a plot synopsis, as requested by the illustrious Matt Much. (laughs) We love you, Matt. Uh... So this is a um, Homer. Uh, let's see. This episode starts with Smithers walking down the street, singing about how happy he is to work for Montgomery Burns, and a limo pulls up next to him, offering him a job, and he gets very angry about it. And then, really, in just the most wonderfully Simpsons way, it's like a guy can't walk down the street street without being offered a job, and it's just the ultimate white privilege thing right there and this is from was it 1996 (laughs) so on the ball on top of this stuff uh wonderful wonderful joke so they then then look at it and say all right well let's move to the next senior member at the power plant and that happens to be homer and uh he uh he goes home and convinces his family that they're going to move to this new town so he can get this new job where he's going to be paid a crap a load of money and they get to live in a fancy house and the kids get to go to fancy schools and uh as the episode goes on you meet hank scorpio homer's new boss who uh is like the friendliest guy in the world except you eventually find out he's a he's a james bond villain mm-hmm. and all the stuff that they that he works for is this all in service of his uh doomsday machines and, and things like that but he treats his employees incredibly well <laughs> which is uh a really funny little uh plot bit and eventually the the simpsons will have to move back home to springfield because things in life in this new place is not good for anybody but homer uh all the one of my favorite running gags is as uh, Marge is home by herself, and she I'm goes so to do like <laughs> she goes to do her her housework, and everything is being done all by itself. 
She and lives so in a smart house, pretty much. Like, yeah, she lives in an incredibly smart house that does everything. So it eventually culminates in her not having anything to do. So she sits down and drinks some wine, and like every, t- it's just a scene of her staring into the distance, pouring some wine in a glass, and it goes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but at the end ish of the episode, she's like, "And I broke down, and I drank a glass of wine." I know the doctor says I should drink a glass and a half, but I just can't drink that much. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this one? I, I, I liked it. I didn't like it quite as much as I remembered it. Um, and I'm that's, that's like saying, like, I love it, but I don't love it as much as uh, tacos. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it was great. It was still very good. Yeah. But, it's, but it's definitely apparent that this was in, in an era where the Simpsons were on a a bit of a decline yes what did you guys think of this uh for me i don't really watch a lot of simpsons i just remembered lisa being like an incredibly brilliant and underappreciated child and in this episode she spent the entire time playing outside in trees and flowers which i was like what i feel like she would be flourishing in this school environment and she's in the woods what what is happening here um well lisa also is a big lover of nature uh so if they showed her flourishing in school then that wouldn't really fit the plot narrative and so they had to show her her other aspect of her personality is somebody who greatly appreciates nature which is why she's a vegetarian this that and the other thing i did not know that i forgot about that part um but yeah i i will say that like i'm a level five vegan i don't need anything that casts a shadow (laughs) 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 love this show go on i i like I think I would actually watch more Simpsons episodes. Like after having watched this one, I don't, I'm not like avidly avoiding it now. Uh, I usually, when it comes to the Simpsons, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I really don't care. Um, I remembered some of it from when I was a kid. Like it was something that I did watch, but again, it wasn't consistent enough that it left like a lasting impression and made me want to go back and watch it when I was older or continue it when there were more episodes. Like it was just kind of a passing thing for me. Um, but (laughs) I have to say, I just loved everything about like Homer is going to work and he starts to feel valued and, and like competent (laughs) and he's working for a freaking (laughs) supervillain. And he starts to feel valued and competent, but he's not actually, he's not doing anything. anything. You guys working? Yep. Yeah. Can you do it faster? Sure thing. <laughs> like, I feel like it was just this description of like, this is kind of the joke of corporate life, right? Like, oh, look, we're already working. Can you do it faster? Sure. Look how good I am. Oh, wait. This is literally the employees doing all of the work and the management uh-huh. taking credit. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> So that and the the all of Peak Simpsons is that that clever. And after this, as the show continued to go on, is when you started Homer became less of a likable character. He became less of a human character. He just became like a cartoonishly awful person. Mm. And all of their personality traits of all the characters on the show kept moving to further and further extremes, where the show became more cartoonish for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. like there was an i think there was an episode a few seasons later where i saw homer chop part of his thumb off and i was Mm. like this has crossed the line this has now because it's always been a cartoon and it's always done things with comedy um 
that you can only accomplish through animation, that you couldn't pull this stuff off in live action because it's all crazy and fantastic. But once they, they never actually treated the character's mortality so much in a Looney Tunes-esque sort of manner. Mm -hmm. And that all continued to change as the show outstayed its welcome because no show should last this long. It's ridiculous that this show is still on television. What do we end out of curiosity? Like season What's that? What season are we actually in? It's 30-something, right? Uh, There are 684 episodes. We're in season 31. Wow. It's going to compete with cops. (laughs) it's absurd and it should have ended a long time ago but it's a it's one of those television mainstays and i'm sure there are bits of good comedy in the newer episodes and whatnot but this hasn't been where matt Groening's heart is at for a very long time which is why we got futurama which is why we got uh disenchantment Mm -hmm. um but back when this show was at the top of its game and delivering really good comedy uh in in relatively fast paces I mean, like the the bit where he's uh, he asks Homer to hang up his coat. He's like, "That's okay. I didn't even give you my coat." And the, he's, he's standing there with his coat on backwards. <laughs> that was like that was the the one joke that stuck with me so much in this episode from when I saw it as a kid, and uh, I I still laughed pretty hard when I saw it the other day. Uh, Karen, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think the thing that we can't go without mentioning is what a freaking treasure Albert Brooks oh, is. So, oh my God, my that's the voice of Hank Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, this this is just an evil version of pretty much every Albert Brooks character. <laughs> but it's it, but he's, he's not just even that a, evil. Even with the evil that he is doing, he's doing it nicely almost. Yeah, and he's just he's just hysterical. The thing with the sugar in his pockets. <laughs> Sorry, it's not like, packets. Goddamn hysterical. You want some cream? No. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Albert Brooks really makes this episode for me and like every like the whole thing with the hammock district that like Oh my god, that was great. It, like, about that. it was funny and then it you know, it, it was like too much and it came back around. It went on so long that it came back around to being funny. <laughs> oh, the hammock district. <laughs> Yeah, that that kind of a stuff is that kind of stuff is where this show shines, and it's the that kind of humor that I think Family Guy always aspired to, mm-hmm. and in its very early seasons, I think hit something somewhat similar when Family Guy was at its best, which I still think was in seasons one and two, honestly, um, but. I don't think even uh, Family Guy at its best touches uh, some of the best Simpsons episodes. And this is like, this was the one that popped into my head, but there's a ton of Simpsons episodes I would love to go back and and revisit. And for some reason, I've just always avoided it because there was a period of my life where I was watching it near constantly. Um, And so I I played out a lot of this stuff, but I think I'm at at a point now where I wouldn't mind going back and rewatching just because it feels somewhat fresh to me i've actually i've actually gotten to the point where i've forgotten some of the jokes on the show so it's nice to see i also have to call out that um we did uh boot it up on disney plus and it shot open on uh widescreen and i was like Mm-mm, no no went back Wait. into the settings i i fixed it up okay and uh, that's i had it on plex and it was in widescreen so then i went over to disney plus to and it, it automatically came up in you know, four by eight ratio or whatever the. Yeah, format. I had to, to to go into the settings like the article that we posted last week. Uh, 
that they you know just fix it so it's in the original aspect ratio and it was and it is uh, it was it was damn delightful it was exactly how it's supposed to be you can see the top and the bottom of the screen no pan and scan nothing it's it's wonderful it looks really nice it's mm-hmm. been very well remastered like a lot of stuff on disney plus has been uh handled that well like i was talking about rescue rangers a few weeks back that looks really nice uh so it's good to see these old simpsons episodes in such a good condition um but the actual episode itself is just such a wonderful piece of uh it's a wonderful piece of simpsons history uh though there is um the uh witness protection program episode i think does a lot of what this episode does even better and i can't remember which episode that like what season that's in or anything mm-hmm. but uh the the one where he's uh mr thompson and they spend hours upon hours trying to convince homer that his new last name is thompson <laughs> and uh it's just one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen uh, it, it's it's amazing so that'll probably be a pick for me at some point in the not too distant future. But uh, regardless, I'm glad you guys liked this one. Um, the 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 I forgot. Like I've seen a lot of The Simpsons, and I forgot how there there are one liners in this that hit and go so fast. Like there's a scene where um, Scorpio is like introducing or like bringing him around to his coworkers. He's like. Okay, give him give him the benefit of your years of experience. He's like, okay, that won't take. Don't worry, that won't take long. Like, <laughs> like that was funny and 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 not for nothing. I was never a big fan of Apu. Like, just I never found the character funny. But when he shows up at to, to sell the house and he's like, I wait, I want to find it because I I actually looked for the quote. Uh, hello, I'm not interested in buying your house, but I would like to use your restroom, flip through your magazines, rearrange your carefully shelved <laughs> items, and handle your food products in an unsanitary manner. Ha! Now you know how it feels. <laughs> and then he runs away. And Homer's response is, thank you, come again. And what was the name of the neighbor that he's like, oh, you you know all that stuff that you bought? Ned Flanders. Oakley-dokley. Oakley dokley <laughs> Just and the, the the that scene where they were leaving and they showed I'm gonna go with every Simpsons character to ever show up on screen. <laughs> Priceless. Every every tagline that they could possibly have. And Goodbye, that, everybody. That, like, but that was amazing to me because for an episode where like they're literally gonna you know they're gonna come back at the end of the episode. You know, like they're just gonna move and come back. To, to take the time to animate all of that and voice all of that well, to it, me was the like the voicing is not that shit. big a deal because it's like it's mostly five the same people six people yeah <laughs> okay fair but the animation still to yeah. me just to put all that together knowing as an artist what it takes like i'm sure there's some tv magic that they did with this cartoon but like i that that sequence alone i was kind of just i had to take a second and process what i had just seen well, I'm pretty sure this was back when they were still drawing everything. So oh. then I'm that's not even, sh- even more impressive. I don't even think this is 1996. I don't think they were even digitally coloring things in at this point. So I think this is all still just traditional animation. Uh, so, yeah, very impressive. I'm rereading yeah, the quotes. To be there for that. Like, I mean, the, you got to think about it. Like that stuff was on scene for less than a second at a clip in some cases. Yeah. They still took the time to animate it. That, that's just amazing to me. Don't call me Mr. Scorpion. It's Scorpio. And don't call me that either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just the craftsmanship. Yeah, pretty much everything about it. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah, well done. 
Thanks. I like you, Homer. When you go home, you're going to have a second story on your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something tells me I'm going to watch a... I'm going to be poking around a few more other of my, my favorite classic Simpsons episodes from time to time. Cause I, you know, we've, we've watched the critic on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've watched a bunch of those animated series that happened after the Simpsons became so popular where everyone else was trying to get in on the, Oh, people like animation. It's like, well, people like good animation. People <laughs> like the Simpsons because it's a good show, but it also also has a heart, uh, which is one of those things. Homer move gives up on his, this life of his, because his family is miserable. Because mm-hmm. Homer at this point is still a decent human being overall, which is not what happens in the future of this show. It it just becomes stupid Homer, bad, ugh, bad jokes. Dude. Because where else could they possibly go? Uh, they they've told every every kind of stereotypical story they could ever possibly tell. Um, I'll stop railing on this show. It, it, <laughs> I just wish it would go away. I wish it would end and everybody could move on and it could have gone out on a high note as one of the best pieces of television ever made, but uh, it has overstayed its welcome and that makes me sad. But these old episodes are still extraordinary and I highly recommend going back and watching pretty much everything from seasons two through six. Uh, you can watch season one if you want. It was just still really finding its legs at that point. So while it's still very good classic television, it's not quite, it's not quite there yet. You know, still pretty rough around the edges. Was there like a, a cohesive story that kind of went from season to season, or not really? No, I don't think so. Not really. Sometimes they did stuff like the whole "Who Shot Mr. Burns" thing was amazing. Oh, God, yeah. Did you guys remember watching that? Uh, yeah, that, I do. yeah, that, that was, was a cliffhanger. So cool. But like, yeah, there are things aged. that happen. You know, like. Milhouse's parents get divorced. Uh, Maud Flanders dies. Like there are certain events that continue throughout the course of the show, but there's re- there's no like overarching plots throughout the seasons, mm-hmm. or at least not in any of the classic ones. They're all one shots, like a traditional sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does fit within its own history and its own narrative that well. It doesn't mess with its own continuity too much, but it's also never takes itself seriously enough. It never took itself seriously enough for that stuff to really be an issue, you know? Okay. Like, they'll tell countless stories about what happened when, you know, Bart and whatever were babies or when Marge and Homer were getting together. But, like, they couldn't possibly coexist with one another because they wind up covering the same span of time over and over again, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But who cares? Because it's all in the interest of delivering jokes. And, again, the show does not take itself seriously enough for that kind of stuff to matter. Gotcha. When Maggie was in her swing and she kept oh my reaching God, for that the was off so, I was literally just thinking little, about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> God, the show. Desperation. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if nobody has anything else to add, I think I will uh, chalk it up. Everybody okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say thank awesome. you again. Yeah, thank pick, you for that pick. pick. It took me out of my comfort zone and into a realm that I would not have otherwise explored, and I did not regret it. Well, I, there's a there's a reason this show is as legendary as it is, and it's because when it was at its peak, it really is some of the most timelessly wonderful television ever put together. I mean, flaming Moe's, uh, <laughs> so many episodes jump up in my head of just like, man, these are absolute classics, and I can't wait to rewatch them, so... Yay! Thanks Disney Plus for giving me uh you know the seasons that I'm missing on DVD because I have a bunch of them, but not all of them. Yeah, streaming. Where are those DVDs? 
They're on the stairs. They are. Where the rest yeah, of the DVDs I guess they are. are. Huh. I'm trying to picture them where they are on the stairs, and I just can't see them. But it doesn't matter. DVDs on the stairs. Because they're all streaming now. Who needs to deal with physical media? Ha, suckers. <laughs> anyway, that's our show. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on the internet. I am at Geekade Chris on Twitter. You can find me pretty much there. Uh, that's what I do. Karen, where can people find you on the internet? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And what about you, Evan? Geekade underscore Evan. And Angie, where can people find you? Twitch.tv slash LaraCraft13. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes that Evan will lovingly compile because I'm too lazy to do it. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. So uh, it's Angie's turn, right? It's going to be your first proper pick. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so ready. What is our homework? Okay, guys. Be prepared. We are going to be watching Pose, episode one of season one. It is the pilot episode. I have had this show recommended by multiple friends of mine in the LGBTQ plus community, and I am so freaking excited to finally make myself sit down and watch this show because I have just not been making time for television, and now I get to. Yes. Are we talking about... Like P-O-S-E pose? Yes. Yes. Uh, The synopsis is, in 1987, New York, Bianca Rodriguez pursues her dream of becoming a house mother after receiving a devastating medical diagnosis. Damon Richards moves to the city with aspirations of joining a dance company. That's all you know. Okay. Well, I've never heard of it, and I'm excited. So thank you very much for that pick, and thank you, everybody, for being involved in this show. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. Oakley Doakley. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.